Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. about the, the well-being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it, it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want that to take away from the game that Wake played. Because Wake played a big-time game. Salas was as good as could be today, and, and hats off to them. But you look around the country, and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you were storming the court. That's Duke head coach John Shire calling for the banning of court storming after uh, the Wake fans stormed the court. Amazing win for Wake. We covered that in the basketball only segment that was earlier. But now we have to get to the storyline that is so big. It is being discussed on uh, the CBS uh, national morning show right now. That's how big of a deal that this is. And I think it's in large part because it involves a Duke player. Yep. Um, not, I, Marquette's not getting on CBS. Uh, I'm not thinking so. CBS this morning with Nate Burrell. Gail King right now is breaking down the film. And maybe this is the incident bone that, that gets gets the storm banned. Maybe it is because the fact that it happened, a star player, not a regular player, a star player is hurt any place for Duke. I, I, this is such a, sto a storm, no pun intended, of things that make this newsworthy and talked about. I do wonder, this is at least going to lead to change. Whether it, and, and I think at the very least, you have to get these schools to put enough security out there to make it known that we are going to get the five opposing basketball players off the floor, and then you can run out there. They have to find a way to do that. That's what Seth Seth Greenberg said at Virginia Tech. We pulled this off. You were the it favorites. Well, you were but, the favorites but, going into the game. You knew you had a great opportunity to be Duke. That it's Duke, and students stormed the court. No one has stormed more than than Duke is. That the chance was high that something was going to happen. I talked to a. A broadcaster this weekend that has experience with these things that the referees go to the scorer's table at the five-minute mark, four-minute mark, and they say, are we ready to go? This could be happening here. Do you have the plans in place? And yet you still allowed students on the court at 0 0.7 seconds to go. So, yeah, you could say Filipowski was moving kind of slow. I don't know. Oh, he, def he definitely was. I don't know but, if I that, but he was getting lost in the wash, even on the hop with those kids running the court. I, I, I have a hard time blaming somebody when they get run over by there's hundreds of people running at you. And by the way, the dude that everybody apparently feels so bad for. The dude that people think is a victim of Filipowski. He is the one that, as CBS Sports pointed out, is running at him, taunting him. 
just he just run past him. You know what I mean? Like I, I just the one well, kid did run past him and came back and put his hands on him. Well, yeah, he was on the other side. He That's the guy pushed. he was talking about in the post game. Filipowski was that kid. I, I just. I thought Seth Greenberg nailed it. It's up to game day operations, and you talked about it, too, to be prepared for that and to be better prepared. And I don't understand. Shire said it. Shire said he played in games where the court gets storm, got stormed on him, and there was a 10-second period. Um, I mentioned Florida State. I know for a fact Florida State storm bone on Duke and Carolina, and it was one of those games where I noticed they had the rope area where they got the players to. And the players were roped off behind the benches. They were able to walk, and everybody else is out on the other side. It's FSU like, had a system just down. somebody spend the money on enough security and somebody plan correctly, or then you got to do away with it. If you can't do it in a safe way, then you got to do away with it. We are approaching a disaster, whether it's a serious player injury, a fan approaching a coach or a referee or a player, whatever the scenario is, or, Mac, even just – these students running on the court, they're running full speed. They've got no awareness of their surroundings. The girl that ran in, the woman that ran into Caitlin Clark was on her phone taking a selfie. So we are we are headed for a disaster, Mac, where if one student falls, God forbid, there could be a trampoline situation here. And what's going to happen when that happens? When a student a student gets injured or, God forbid, worse haven't we because seen, they get run over? There's no haven't organization Haven't we seen punches thrown? Haven't we seen players football we have before, get into right? it with fans? Is yeah. that field storms where that's happened? Yeah. I don't think I saw, they've ever like landed, but they've come like real close. They yeah. might have shoved a guy. I've seen a pl- I saw a player, I forget what SEC school it was, just shoved the girl. A female fan running past oh, show. Oh, I remember. So I don't remember it. the school. So, like Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee Auburn, maybe. Was yeah. Bur- Jermaine Auburn. Burton, maybe. Well, from Alabama, he got involved in something. I, I just we've seen stuff that that you know is right that that. That shows what could happen. And plus, we we don't have to be that smart to figure out what could happen when all these fans run on the court screaming. Some of them are yelling at players. Um, some of them aren't sober. They're college kids. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a horrible mix. Players just lost a tough game. You're probably, if you're getting court stormed, you probably just got upset or it's probably a tough game to lose. You're not happy. I mean, it's just a combustible mix. And if they can't figure out a way to hold off the students, then they can't do it. Um, now, Bone, it is happening on the text line like you knew it would. Baron, our guy Baron, who usually is singing happy songs for us on the show, is now going to make you angry, Bone, because he says that Kyle Filipowski forearm shivered the guy. Okay. And that's yeah. that's, uh, that's how even, he said this. First of all, he did it. Even, started. even if he did, you've got a thousand people running at you, one guy yelling at you. How would you handle that, Baron? You're just going to go, well, it's good to see you there. Good to see you, young man. Welcome in. No, you got a thousand people running at you. Emotions are high. So let's not all act holier than now that we're all just going to walk away from that peacefully. I don't think he did anything. He's got a ton of people running at him. But even if he did, let's blame the student for being in a place he's not supposed to be to begin with. See, he's not supposed to be there, man. He's not. He's well, not, but you can blame both. But he can't. Both, but yes, hundred percent. Oh, if this was Armando Baycott, you'd be having a Senate hearing today about it. If he stuck his leg, first of all, if Armando <laughs> stuck walking. his leg out, you would be all walking. If a state fan ran into Baycott, oh my God. how would you act? You'd want, you want the death penalty for the Truthfully, state fan? How would you act today? I, I mean, if he did what Filipowski did, I would There's say, no, look, it's a state point zero percent chance. But again, if, if I'm Baycott not got saying into, you guys are doing a pod, an emergency podcast this morning about how to change the laws with reform. 
here's the no, deal. I w- here, it's, oh my it's god! It's not going to change. <laughs> no, I'm not like you guys who loved the court storming, loved field storming, and then now no. when this scenario happens, all it's of a sudden Duke, everything's got to change. It's the Duke, I don't really love it. I got to be Duke, honest. It just kind of happens. It's the Duke it's, hate it's, obsession. You need like oxygen. You have to play the game of gotcha. You have to try to no, figure out. That's not you have to try to figure out. Did Filipowski move fast enough? Did he trip a guy? Was he doing it on purpose? Is he faking an injury? I've heard it all this weekend. It's an obsession with trying to figure out how to blame Duke for something in a spot where there's no blame for Duke, other than maybe Shire getting him off the court quicker. But Steve yeah. Forbes did call a timeout, and that allowed the students to also organize. It was, this well. is a problem. If this guy played for Washington State, I have a hard time believing all these Tar Heel fans would be up in arms at what the player did. Well, it'd be you a conversation. I mean? y'all, wouldn't, y'all wouldn't give a damn. No, it would be a conversation, and I would have the same mindset. Like, both of them are to blame. You you shouldn't have stuck your leg out and tried to trip a guy. Go to CBSSports.com. Let me say my piece on this, Bone, because I am on your side. And I find it absurd that people, Flounder and many others, are blaming Filipowski. First of all, I want to send 500 people screaming and running at Flounder and see if he does not stick his arms out. Someone called it a forearm shiver. You wouldn't brace and protect yourself if people are running past you on both sides. There's no way you just stand there and just say, hey, just run into me. Let fate be what it is. Everybody will brace themselves and put their hands out. It's a natural reaction if people are running past you on both sides. And as for this step, I just watched it. Everybody go to CBSSports.com. They do a whole thing breaking down all the different video angles. Okay? Tar Heel fans, this is mandatory reading for your asses. All right? Um, go read it and go watch the overhead view. And you think, I, I just find it crazy that you, that you think that's a trip, Flounder. He is stepping and because and, and, he's putting his arms out. And he's taking a step as he puts his arms out. He's putting his arms out as a defense mechanism because a dude, first of all, was yelling something at him, running at him. And he's just putting his arms up. It's a natural thing. I just I I cannot believe I disagree. People are blaming Philip. You disagree because it's it, Duke. That's why you disagree. No, I'm, oh, I, yeah, okay. But there won't be another scenario like this because it doesn't seem like anybody else ever has a problem of getting off the court when the court gets stormed when players are out there because it's handled so, better. We just went through Florida State's got a whole system down where they would have been storming to, courts all year with players on Florida there. And nobody's got a whole hurt, system so down. I don't know what to tell Florida you. Florida State had a whole system down that we saw where they had the rope up and players went behind. It. I think Coach K did sacrifice the walk-on players one time out there because he had to. But Roy did it as well. But the Florida State had a system down. So that's why it doesn't happen. Why are they on the court at 0.7 seconds? Yeah. And the game I mean, even that's a great question. It's a, fair, it's a fair question. And again, I am not saying that he is the person to blame for everything. Like, first, the fact of the matter is the way to solve any players getting injured or anything like that is very simple. You either stop court storming, you wait, whatever it is. The court storm was what is the biggest problem here. But I do believe that he, when he sees this guy coming, because you can see it if you watch the video, he sees him coming towards him, he hears him yelling at him, and he says, hey, this guy's coming at me, he's if yelling, a, I'm going to trip him and shove him. If a student, no, right if a student is yelling at you on the court, are you just going to go, Just you're not going to defend yourself? You should, He's running right Flander, at him. Get Flander. in the dude's face. There don't don't no, stick your leg out. You're gonna, no, he's walking. Because he's going to get hurt. No, he's not. There is he's no, walking. No, he's not. You don't know what he, walking is. He is. You're watching in slow motion, man. You're, Watch it in fast Flander, motion. Take off That's the, the way to catch everything. The Tar Heel ABD glasses 
and look at it the way I'm looking and at I'm it. And I'm looking at it the like exact you. same I way, I like man. Carolina. You are not look, There's no way you can be. 100%. You are looking for a reason to blame a Duke player you probably don't like anyway. I, 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 that's I mean, he's irrelevant to me. me. He doesn't really do anything. He, just, uh, he hasn't killed me. You what just, has he done? You just said my point right there. You just said it without even knowing it. What? I said, you're watching in slow motion. What did you say? That's how you catch stuff. No, so but that's looking, how you that's you're, you're how you looking, see if something like looking, that happens. But why you're would looking, you even think? Like, why did you go on there and start looking to see what Filipowski did wrong? I didn't. Most I saw normal, the slow most motion normal video. human beings just watch and said, holy crap, man. So I, saw, be the, about I saw the slow motion video and well, I saw yeah. it looks like now, he sticks what, his now, leg out you to watch trip it, He's taking a step and he's putting his arms out. Again, I'm going to tell you right now, Flounder. I swear to God, I'm about ready to recruit 500 listeners to run right now. And I would make it out. There is no problem. There is no Way. There's no way they're running on both sides of you and you don't put your arms out. Zero percent chance. It is a human reaction to put your arms up. People are running past you on this side. There's no way you just, just keep on standing there and just let him run past you and possibly truck your hiney. Well, I'm not worried no about way. him shoving the guy. I don't think that's the problem. I'm saying the reason he said in the post game that he got hurt because this dude targeted him. I don't care what you say about the guy that shoved him in the back. That was not who he was talking about. He's talking about the guy that ran in in front of his face, was screaming at he him, said, he and said, that's how he got hurt. You have the and clip. You literally have the clip. You're the one that got the clip over there. You, you, you're the one that gave the clip to us. He literally says, I was targeted. People told me I got shoved in the back. Like... That's well, what he was, he, I Don't thought he was shot. talking about the guy, both. I think he was talking about both of them. And he I think he was like, and Josh I, Graham works in Winston. He told me what he was talking oh, about. He's objective okay. to the, he's more on the wake side than the Duke side. So <laughs> Flounder, you know more than Billis, Fershilla, Greenberg, Spatola, Dykes, Kellogg, and Seth Davis. About I mean, there's situations. plenty of other people that watched it and thought the same, who? The, the who? same thing. That, that radio name, tool name, in Richmond? Name the I mean, I've, seen, I've seen Will Compton, Randy Scott of ESPN said Will the exact Compton. same thing. Busting, busting with the boys. <laughs> Barstool hates Duke, by the way, so there, there's a great one for you. But all well, these, that's your Duke fan mentality these, that's kicking in. All these in, basketball minds, you know more than they do. Yes, Fred, uh, yes Fred, I watched it. Fred, Seth Greenberg. They didn't watch it? No, apparently not. How often does Seth Greenberg... They're not worried about it. How often, Matt, does Seth Greenberg go to the Duke side of stuff ever. <laughs> Very rarely. Fred Fischilla said, if you think Filipowski's to blame, <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he call people idiots on Twitter? Basically, or you never see yeah, basketball. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to trust what Fran Fischilla so has you, to say. Go watch so, another tape so of an you overseas prospect. You know more prospect. about these guys. And, the, you're wasting you, my time on you television. You know more Fran. than these people in the game than they, than, than they do. Yes, no more, or, or okay. yes, I've again, said and watched flounder. it. I know what I see. Well, I don't flounder. care what they flounder. say. Once Fraud. again, Fraud. maybe maybe they're just looking at it as unbiased observers, and maybe you're a little biased. Maybe you're a little effing biased. It's that simple to me. I Carolina, think I think they're like, just they, they look at it differently. Do you think it's a coincidence that Tar Heel fans are the ones on your side today? You think that's a coincidence, or you think they hate Duke so much? That they want to see that incident well, they can have their and own blame narratives. Duke. They can and have listen, their own narrative. I would hope I have credibility on this because I pl I absolutely went off on Grayson Allen and I went off on Coach K for slapping Grayson Allen's wrist. I would hope I have credibility on this because of the way I acted in that situation. And now I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not afraid to blame somebody at Duke. But I, I'm sorry. I don't understand how you can blame a guy when everybody's running at him. Somebody's taunting him on the way over like that he put his arms up. Like, and you wanted him to get off the floor, so he can't take a step flound? That's a step he's taking. He's a seven-foot man. His step a little bigger than yours over there, Hondo. Like, seriously. That's not a normal step. Uh, I mean. The two guys you said, <laughs> the two guys on your side were Will Compton and Randy Marsh.
Who is Randy Marsh? That's the guy. Did you say Randy? Oh, that's the guy from South Park. <laughs> Who's um, the other guy on your side? Say? Randy Scott. Randy from Scott from Sports <laughs> Center and Will Compton were the two guys. Not all the basketball people that are on your side. Well, it's not a basketball play. So how are we breaking that down? So we're breaking down fundamentals of the game for so, for someone running at you on a court or on a field. How does that make sense? It's just people that just have been around the game and been around court storms. I, that, I think that's what we're dealing with. I mean, with football here. players have been around field storms now. Football is more spaced out where people can get away a little faster at times. But you do I have guess. more players. You there's do have more, more players, players, but there's more room to operate. Um, but anyway, I, I, I got to be honest. Will Compton, entertaining podcast. He's not the guy, Flound, that I'm going to for the answers on this. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like, you, like get in that bus and bro up with some great guests and have some fun guy talk. But, like, I did not come in here this morning. I wonder what Will Compton thinks about the court storm. I did not come in here thinking that today, but I do care what people that are in basketball think about it and think about whether or not it should be banned and how it was executed and all that stuff. And again, I'm sorry, man. I just think you, I love you, but I think you come across as biased. There's no way you would ever blame a Tar Heel player for this. There is no way that someone could storm the court on the Tar Heels and you would find a way. I'm telling you right now, Armando Baycott could have a chainsaw and cut the head off of a fan running on the floor. And I don't even know if Flounder would blame him. Flounder, it would, it would never happen because they don't do it there for logistics and just other reasons. If a Duke fan was running onto the court, would you be supporting the Duke fans? For running onto the court? Well, if, if there was a first storm of all, at, no. If there was a storm at Cameron, just hypothetically speaking, it wouldn't happen. But if there was, and the Duke fans ran into another opposing player, what side would you be on? Probably, I, it, again, it'd have to deter, I'd have to look you and see what ripping, actually happens. You would be ripping the Duke fans for being on the court. No, because I'm not biased that like you guys are claiming. I mean, if you would, fan, you they, would, because you defend Duke. If a Duke fan ran into a player, what would you say? If a Duke fan ran again, I would have to see what actually he'd happened. Yeah, he'd break it. He'd watch he'd the slow motion video recap. He would blame Baycott for, for asked, a big step into a Duke he, fan. He'd ask great basketball mind Will Compton how to <laughs> handle the situation. It's crazy. Flounder is getting so much reaction. Flounder, I know you believe this and you're passionate about it, and it creates great radio. And uh, but I just, I just can't believe people blame Filipowski because and I, they I just need was, it. I was they, shocked by it. They need Duke. They need Duke to be involved in these things. Jason they want says, it so Jason bad. agrees. Flip kicked out, period. They want it so Not bad. Step, actually. They, they're obs- there is a Duke <laughs> obsession. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. 
I think this is something that is up at the top of why we're concerned about uh, storming the court. Someone will get hurt bad eventually if nothing changes. I guess only hashtag elite teams are concerned about it. Ultimately, you have to care about that at least a little bit. It's not going to change. I saw Jay Bellis talking about this earlier, too, because I think college basketball likes the look of it. Maybe because you thought this was a high enough profile case where this is Filipowski playing for Duke in somewhat of a rivalry between Duke and Wake Forest. Then maybe this was the incident that we would see lead to change. But we still haven't heard anything about it. I don't think we will. Maybe different schools will have different policies in place. Maybe in-house, they all start to figure out, hey, we got to make sure we have an environment that is okay. If this happens, we got to make sure the players get off the court safe enough. And we need to implement those policies as much as possible. But as far as some sweeping, this is what happens if you have something go terribly wrong on fans storming the court. I don't expect that to happen. You ultimately do have to try as much as you can to care about player safety. And if you're mad at Kyle Filipowski for extending his leg out, if you're mad at him for putting his shoulder into, I mean, he's bracing himself for the shoulder thing. I hope nobody has a problem with him just throwing his shoulder down because there's a million people coming his way. Like, there's a lot, okay? It reminds me of Simba getting ready for the wildebeest running through him at that gorge. Like, Filipowski, a little bit bigger than Simba, for sure, but it's not like he's Cam Newton out there. Like, he's 6'10", but he's also rail thin. There's a reason we've called him soft. I'm sure this isn't going to help, by the way. But yeah. people have called him soft before. Like, I don't care. I don't even care if you are Cam Newton, to be honest with you. He'll be able to handle himself better. We saw that over the weekend. You got, how many people are rolling at, like, running at you? Full steam with, what? don't even care. <laughs> like, yeah, we got the victory. Boom, boom, get out of my way. You ain't stopping that. Yeah. So they do need to take the necessary precautions. John Shire, I don't know, man, because, because everybody else was close to the sideline from what I saw. It was just Filipowski that was a little bit further on the other end of the court. I just, I have a hard time blaming Shire or Filipowski for this. I have a hard time saying, oh, it's their fault when, man, there's still time left on the game clock. Sure, it, it, 99.9 and even more than that percent chance that they were going to lose that game, for sure. But also, they get to do what they want, I guess, in those last two seconds, right? Like after that free throw? Yeah. And the players didn't allow them to get back to the sideline safely enough. And then even McCain, I don't know if anybody saw this, but when McCain is over there on the sideline, some fan got in his face because those guys are unruly. You can't tell them nothing, man. We just got to win over a top 10 school in our own backyard, meaning Duke not so far away. We're partying and it's starting right now. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. Security guard, please. I'm partying here. I'm partying in your face. I'm partying right on top of Kyle Filipowski. I understand people saying there should be at least some amendment here to try to protect the students as much as they possibly can not the students i mean the players out there on the court yeah man no doubt about it and so that's the thing you have to just be aware of situation you got to be able to read the room and again like i said from the top part it did look like he was trying to be cute and try to chip somebody and it backfired on him now i'm not saying that that's exactly what happened but that's the optics that's a plausible scenario but other than that as a player as we said you have to be cognizant of the situation you got to know look man 
it's been building the entire game. Filipowski heard that crowd. He knew how excited they were pregame for this. There were students camping out. He knew when they got in there. He could tell from the feel of that crowd, every shot that Wake Forest made, every positive play that they made, the crowd was roaring. So you knew this was going to be a crazy atmosphere once the clock hit zero if Wake came out the victor. So you've got to be able to get off the court or, like I said, protect yourself. You know kids are coming. So then if I see them coming and I'm walking across the court, I'm going to slow down, watch all the kids flying by me. Then when I feel like I have a decent path or to the point where it gets bunched up enough to where nobody's flying by me anymore, then I can start to make my way through the crowd or not to mention, you know, do some of my players or whoever the case is going to also help me get off of the court. But I just think that there are ways to go about it. And so for Filipowski, I think it's completely lacking self-awareness to think that at the end of this game, he was just going to be able to just mosey on off the court with no problems and not have to dodge anybody with the way that crowd was worked up for the entirety of that game. Look, I know no matter what I say, it's going to be painted as a Ducator. And at this point, I'll own it. It's one it's, of the texts that we got I wanted to get to. Somebody yeah, it's, was, it's the same with me, too. They're going to hit me with the same thing. And look, it's fine. It's the last week of February. Bleep every team in the ACC. I want to win an ACC regular season title. I'm all for player safety. I don't like the idea that Kyle Filipowski got hurt. And if he missed a significant time, it does. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. But I got so up. I got so upset listening to people in the college basketball world that I thought I respected. Seth Davis, <clears throat> I never respected him. Seth Greenberg, Jay Billis, all these guys basically say fans don't have a right to be on the court. If if there weren't 14,000 fans in the stands, would college athletics be the billion-dollar industry that it is? Like, we need to protect the players. I get that. But the fans are at the core of every single sport. You take away fans – you're taking away the money, the revenue. You're taking away in the environment. You're taking away what makes sports sports. Think about it during COVID. It was not, it was not the same watching high-level athletes play in empty gymnasiums or in empty football stadiums, baseball, no matter what it was. And so fans do have a right because you're paying a lot of money for a ticket to park, to eat food, to students for tuition. You have a right. When your team wins a game that significant to celebrate in a manner that is going to last a lifetime. You pay all that money and none of it grants you court access. So when you're talking about how much we missed the fans during COVID, we didn't miss them being on the court. We missed them creating a loud environment, which was successful and checked off their list in, on Saturday. I, as far as them deserving to be on the court... Now we're going too far. If you want to storm the court after the game, okay. It's fun. I can't lie. I would have done it as a college student, too. Listen, he would have done it if he was there on Saturday. He's a grown-ass man. <laughs> we need that isolated. <laughs> a grown-ass man yeah, with, that that kind of, with that Willie P. peak. We need that isolated as much as possible. Yeah, and that's all fair. But to say that, like, because then, is it just after the game? Like, Fiddy, here we are talking about how they deserve to be on the court and the sport wouldn't be anything without the fans. So then do they deserve to be out there, like, in between quarters, like, while they're playing? So it's just basically before, like, what about during warm-ups? What about, like, I, no. I just, I just we, don't, we can protect. The court is okay to protect. I just don't understand how we, we live 
in a place where fans are the backbone of every single sport. But they they get mistreated more than anybody because you got to overpay. And now when they celebrate, like like if this was in the the, the professional level, I think it, it doesn't hit the same. Like court storming, field storming, it's a college athletics type of thing. I think it's just part of the. It's just part of it. Yeah, it's part of the fabric of college sports. There's no question about that. And there's no way that you can amend it or adapt it. When when North Carolina beats Duke or wins a national championship in basketball, you storm Franklin Street. I've been a part of storming Franklin. In 2017, you were still setting bonfires on Franklin Street. We no longer set the fires, but you still storm Franklin. You celebrate with the, the thousands of fans that are on campus. So you can still storm the court. It needs to be policed better. So that's, but, but it doesn't need to be banned. Well, yeah, right. But right. But you're talking. That's not any issue that I had because, of course, I think we need to try to figure out a way to make that a little safer for the players out there on the court. But when we're talking about not like saying they deserve to be out there, like that's where we need to go ahead and police that. I mean, no, they, they don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that they deserve to be out there on the court as much as anybody, because that's the place where the players are trying to perform. You're, you're not the reason why everybody else is going out there to watch. Like you're, you're not the reason that everyone else is there too. They're there to watch the players and they also want to see them the next game. And so there does need to be some kind of policing of it, but I just don't know how in the world you're going to ban it completely. And they're not going to. They're not going to. Last thing about this, too, like people are talking about John Shire and calling him whiny, right? Like, I know you've done that. Everybody else has done it. Man, also, if if we're trying to say, well, the students deserve to be out there. They're happy. They're having a great time. Like, can we not understand why John Shire might be a little frustrated so soon after the game? Like, John Shire going to the podium after the game and having a problem with his player that got hurt because of the court storming? Yeah, I can understand. Like, I, I might understand a coach going over to the podium and saying, hey, what are we doing here? Like, my guy just got hurt, not for anything that he did on the court while playing, but because the fans were just flooding in from all angles. But my thing is, though, he already stated that this happened to them a couple of times before and nothing happened. He had nothing to say about it then. Then also, too, we see it all the time, every night, at least a couple of times a week, somebody storms the court for something. We can count on our hands the amount of times something uh, bad in a, I'm not even going to say a major way, has happened. The first things that come to my mind is LeGarrette Blunt against, uh, I forget who they were Boise playing. State. Boise State. But then that was a situation to where he could have easily gotten off the field. The fan just said a, a racial slur to him, I do believe, and that's what happened. Well, and fans were like sitting there. I saw somebody else say, yeah, they were flipping Mark Mitchell off, and they were right there next to McCain in his face while they were going. Like, they didn't care. Yeah. Like, so... That's that's not okay behavior for the for the fans to go out there on the court and do that unless you're with it. <laughs> I mean, no way, well, you right? say that to me. Look, man, when the fans run out to outside of a racial slur, pop them. yeah, yeah. If I'm, you were a player and then you would pop them and you'd go Legarrette Blunt on somebody. If yeah, somebody did I mean, that to if, you. if if yeah, now you know racial slur. That's a whole different ball game. If you come out there and you taunt me, I'm probably gonna say something back to you. Yeah, you might catch a shove because that's how I give it up. You might get a shove, but that's also the risk that the student takes. You want to be dumb enough to say something to a dude that's 6'3", 200, like LeGarrette Blunt was, 6'3", 250 pounds, then you run the risk of getting socked out. But then, but then who gets punished more, though? The player is going to get punished. You are very correct by that. So, so that's then, what I said. But so it's I, not but, equal. But I think also, too, as a player, you got to understand that that's going to come with it. You know that these unruly fans are going to run on the court. They're going to say stuff. You got to be prepared for that. 
as well. So yes, but I, I do see the point. But as I was saying, the only ones I remember off the top of my head is Legarrett Blunt, and then this year, Caitlin Clark and Kyle Filipowski. Other than that, we've had no incidents really of this happening with guys running off the court. And there's been plenty said. There's been plenty of taunts. Uh, there's been plenty of stuff that happens when these fans storm the court, and we haven't had any incidents. But just because now Filipowski gets hurt, yes, it's unfortunate. I'm not saying I'm fine with him getting hurt. I'm not saying that's cool that he got hurt. Don't get it twisted there. But I'm just saying that players, and this is just a part of college sports, this is what's going to happen in big upsets, and it's not much you can do about it. And I just feel like that the players and coaches alike can be better prepared for situations like this. I mean, that that might be true. John Shire could have gotten those guys off the floor if he wanted to. Yeah. That that's true. The the frequency in which players get hurt to me, I think that misses the mark. Because if we're talking about the frequency, like part of this is to make sure it doesn't happen. Because mm -hmm. to me, okay, well it hadn't happened yet, so let's just keep on rolling the way we're rolling. Until somebody does get significantly hurt, and then what? It's not like we didn't see it coming. We've had this conversation. We're having it right now. So just because it hasn't happened in an extreme level, we just keep going, well, it hadn't happened yet. It could have been worse with Kyle. I didn't know how hurt he was. I don't think anybody did at that time. He had to be helped off. Maybe you thought he was being too whiny. I'm sure there were a lot of fans that hate Duke just immediately saying, oh, yeah, Kyle Filipowski whining again. But I didn't know how hurt he was. And then to get to the last point, I do want to really know this. And I would like for everybody to be as honest as they possibly can. Stanford P writes in, Fitty, if that was R.J. Davis getting hurt because of a court storm, you wouldn't have this take. Which I got to tell you, man, I think I'd feel, I think I feel the same way. If Armando Baycott. Then you don't, then you don't know me very well. I, I fired Hubert Davis in his first season of the head co of his head coaching career. Oh, okay. I'm not afraid to be critical if I feel nobody's like nobody's saying that though. Nobody's talking about how you're not afraid to be critical. Yeah. Fans are critical of their teams all the time. Yeah, That's a misnomer. Thing. When you sign up to play basketball for Carolina, Kansas, Duke, or Kentucky, when you lose to a team or a program like a Wake Forest, like a Georgia Tech, you expect the the, the court to be stormed. It's part of it. It's what you sign up for when you go and play at a premier college basketball institution. And so I look at it and say, we lost to Georgia Tech. The court got stormed. Nothing happened. We lost to Syracuse. Court got stormed. Nothing happened. Right. Nobody got hurt. Maybe right. maybe Hubert Davis uh, is more prepared for those situations than John Shire is in practice. But see, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because is that the case? Like, did you see those court storms? Like, did you go back and watch those? Yeah, because I what, watched the game. I watched I watched the court get stormed. What happened with Georgia Tech then if Hubert Davis was so much better prepared? What do you mean? You were saying Hubert Davis was more prepared to get his guys to the sideline safely. Like, there was some strategy that he deployed to make sure that his players got to the sideline and therefore everything is okay. I mean, Plus, I, it wasn't as rabid as what happened there. Like, the, the coaches aren't going to go over this pregame because they're not going to want to even put a single shred of a thought in their players' minds that they could lose the game. They're not going to be like, all right, guys, if we lose, this is what we're going to do right here. Okay, whatever, whatever. They're not going to do that because of the psychology of it. They're not going to want to put any type of doubt in their players' minds. Well, and the thing, too, like, I know Fiddy and people can be critical. I mean, we're critical of our teams all the time. We're angry because we are invested. We're angry at them for not performing well. You can fire Hubert Davis. You can fire all sorts of coaches. It's not just Fiddy as much as we like to joke about it and put emphasis on the characters that we are. But everybody likes firing their coaches if they're terrible. 
plenty of Panthers fans want to do that. Yeah, but, but something like don't... this that is so either way. Like I remember when what was it? What, like you hate players that will fight. I forget what the moment was. I think it was the NC State stuff with UNC last year. Traquavion Smith, you brought the glasses on, whatever, right? But like to me. I do think if Armando gets hurt, and that is Wake Forest fans, man, I cannot see you getting as mad as you are right now. Because I would be, if the role were reversed, and this happened to Hunter Salas, let's say, yeah, I'd be mad about it, but I understand it. I know that's part of the game, but I'm not going to be sitting here like, oh, they need to ban it. Now, I'd be tight because a uh, key player off my team got hurt. But at the same time, I know this is college sports. This is what it is. I enjoy this. That's why I said Bryce and I were supposed to go to the game. We had tickets to the game, but we couldn't go because of his own basketball commitments. But had we been there, we'd have been right down there on the field (laughs) with the footage, or right down there on the court with the footage, having a good time. Because, like they were saying earlier, and I heard this opinion, that people grow up watching college sports, you see this, so then when you become a student, or you become a fan of these schools, when you have moments like that, you want to be a part of it because you saw it coming up. You watched your team storm the court or storm the field after a big victory. I mean, probably one of the, the most fun I had going on unofficial visits my senior year in high school was when South Carolina beat Georgia and Which they is also stormed a big the part field this, by the way. and tore, yeah and tore down the uh, the goalposts back when you could do that. That was amazing. I loved it, and so it was a lot of fun. Right. I support it no matter who the school is. I think you deserve to celebrate. I just think we've had a couple of unfortunate situations that's gotten people in a tizzy. But I support field storming, court, uh, field storming, court storming. No matter what the team is, man, if you get a huge win, you deserve to celebrate. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. A lot of folks have throughout the show, as we've talked about other things, said, KB, when are you going to talk about Cam Newton? When are you going to talk about the brawl and this and that? And I mean, it, it was on the list. It just hasn't been near the top of the priority list. But it was ugly. It was uh, definitely, definitely ugly. Um, if you, you probably have seen the video by now. You know, Cam Newton at one of his events, seven on seven. He's been doing the seven on seven thing for years. You know, it's part of his overall efforts at youth outreach and just doing stuff for the kids, man. That's that's what he does. That's He's always been a part of this in that way, or he has been for several years anyway. So it took place at an invitation-only camp and tournament over the weekend in Atlanta. Uh, the event was organized by Weeball Sports, an apparel and sports media company, and Newton runs C1N, a youth sports organization that sponsored a team in the tournament. 
There's a video on social media that shows Cam Newton while wearing one of his hats. You know, it's, it's Cam, right? <laughs> one of the hats got the hole in the top. He's got the... Are those are they, are they called dreads? I think those are dreads. I want to make sure I get the terminology right. It's hair. Yeah. Well, yeah, but just the hairstyle. I think it's dreads, but I could be wrong about that. Either way, his hair sticking out of the hat. It's unmistakably Cam. And he's scuffling with two, maybe three. Some have thought four, but it looks kind of like three people to me. And then camp staffers and security officers step in. And some guy in a white shirt comes in and throws a wild haymaker. And I'm still not entirely sure who he was trying to hit. I, I don't even know. Um, the Weeball Sports co-founder, Nehemiah Mitchell, told The Athletic that everyone involved in the altercation, including Cam Newton, was removed from the event. There's so much here, all right? And I want to be quick about it. The jokes that came out of this on the internet, the internet's always undefeated. Um, what was the one about Auburn Smoke that you saw? The one about Cam Newton? I mean, he's used to this. Yeah, he's used to carrying people on his back. He yeah. did it at Auburn. He did it at Auburn, right. And I also saw oh, salesman. We're salesman. He said Byron Bell, Mike Rimmers, and somebody else. Nate prepared, Chandler. Nate Chandler compared, or prepared Cam for this. Yeah, that one. After you said it, I went and looked at it, and that one just had me in tears. Um, it's a shame. It's ugly. It's also, you know, kind of representative of what youth sports has unfortunately become in a lot of places. You have grown-ass men trying to fight a guy who, listen, Cam's not perfect. And I don't know that I'm necessarily in a position to talk about some of these things. I mean, the elephant in the room here is that, you know, I'm a white guy. And while I'm allowed to have opinions on things, I mean, I listened to Wes Bryant earlier give his thoughts. And he and I talked about this before the show and, you know, how he feels that that reflects on the black community of athletes. And I thought Wes articulated his thoughts well. I, I did want to play this. I thought Shannon Sharp did a really good job of you know summing up his disappointment in the scene and what he thinks the attitude should be differently i guess check shannon sharp out this morning i hate this because i've seen videos before of kids being openly and blatantly disrespectful to cam newton cam newton doesn't have to do this cam newton has made enough money in the nfl he can kick his feet up and do what he wants to do do his podcast and he's doing a great job of that but he decided that you know what i want to give something back i want to be able to share and partake some of this knowledge and wisdom that i've uh garnered over the years and maybe some of these kids can get something from me had it been me in that situation when i was growing up Stephen, if i could have got a professional athlete somebody that i could touch that came from my community that was doing something great Yes, sir. No, sir. Never being disrespectful. And we've seen the videos. Oh, you're a free agent. Oh, you this. Oh, you that. Cam is being probably going to be something more than you'll ever be. Instead of uh, uh, learning and trying to gain wisdom, you go to try to be disrespectful. But I, and I told his dad this. The first time those campers would have started being disrespectful, I would have shut it down. Yeah. I'm not going to. The one thing I will not tolerate is disrespect, especially from a child. Cam doesn't have to do this. Now, it's being reported they might have been adults, they might have been kids. Even the adults, sometimes the adults are worse than the kids. Right. Because what we're starting to see, Stephen A., is that parents are starting to live vicariously through their kids. Right. They weren't able to accomplish something, so I'm going to drive my kid. My kid is about to be the next Peyton Manning or the Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Donald or whatever the case may be. But Cam showed great restraint because Cam didn't throw any punches. He's just slanging people off and trying to keep people up off him. I think he stated it. Per First of all, watching those guys try to fight Cam Newton. <laughs> Should have had the Benny Hill music. <laughs> Apparently, these two of these coaches used to coach with Cam, as I understand it, on his 7-on-7 seven seven. Seven team. Yeah. And so there's a relationship there. 
I saw that one or two of those guys is claiming that, you know, Cam was trash talking and, you know, Cam even offered to lay a wager on the game. And, and like, this is supposed to be about the kids. Like that phrase that Shannon used there at the end, you know, parents living vicariously through their kids. We've been saying that for years, but it, it seemingly gets worse and worse all the time. And okay, there's a little bit of trash talking going on. I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, some of the dads would, would jaw back and forth. Sometimes. Nobody started swinging on each other. Nobody was jumping Cam or nobody was jumping anybody. And you're jumping a man who, by the way, 6'5", 250, 260. I mean, he's bigger than half the defensive ends that have come after him in his NFL career. What did you think was going to happen? Like, he's toying with these dudes. I think one of them might have landed a semi-clean shot, but he's wrestling three guys because that's what he's doing. I mean, that's who Cam is physically. It was an ugly scene. I don't know how much more I can add to it, but man, that was, it's a bad look for everybody involved. Again, it's supposed to be about the kids. And unfortunately, you see this stuff breaking out all over the country far too often. It's supposed to be about youth sports, teaching the game, right? I mean, this is seven-on-seven football. The purpose of seven-on-seven football is to get working. Nobody plays, like, seven-on-seven, like, flag football has become a thing. Yes. But seven-on-seven football, no high schools play seven-on-seven. You know, there's no pro seven-on-seven. This is supposed to be skills-based, you know, getting guys work in, teaching them how to play the game at a young age without, you know, the head injuries. Well, high school does do seven on seven. They yeah. do, but in the spring, it's it's not a sanctioned event. There's no there's no Friday night lights for seven on seven football. Not a good portion of high schools because there's a lot that still run the option. Sure, <laughs> sure, it's ugly. Jack just said, "KB, I work in youth sports. I see stuff like this all the time. I do too. I I used to see it a lot when I was younger, and I would you know referee and umpire games to make extra money." You know how many guys I threw out of game? I'm not kidding about this. I've thrown dads out of out of peewee games with seven foot rims. I've thrown dads out of nine and ten year old baseball, and so of course the problem's getting worse. Now you got dudes trying to jump Cam Newton, and you know I, again I I think Wes pointed out earlier that you know those coaches quote unquote had taken a a team picture and they're all wearing face masks and it's just everything about it looks inappropriate. Everything about it looks childish and bush league, and they end up in a fight with Cam Newton. Now they're making national headlines for all the wrong reasons. Those guys, those coaches look like guys who would be on message boards talking about Cam Newton, talking crap, thinking they know everything. And, and if your excuse is, well, Cam was talking trash. He's Cam Newton. <laughs> who, did, who did you think you, you were, you know, dealing with? But also that's part of, like, Cam also has fun. We saw it for years here when he was talking trash to Thomas Davis. That was his way of having fun. He's do, helping the community at the end of the day. A lot of people talk trash. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that grownups have to end up in fights in front of kids. That that part's embarrassing. The number of dads that don't understand the concept of living vicariously through their kids, much less the self-awareness to know that they're doing it, is alarming. Newsflash. We all want the best for our kids. But the overwhelming odds are your kid's not going to end up being the next Cam Newton. So maybe instead of fighting him, you know, try to take something from him. Especially when Cam Newton is in the top 0.01% of athlete. In the last 20 years? It's a big man. They don't make them they, like that. They, they bit off more than they can chew. That's for sure. Brian's on the phone lines. Brian, what's going on, man? What do you think about this? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I love your show. Thank you, man. Um, I know I saw you talking about the kid disrespecting Cam Newton. There's a movie out, and I did not like this movie, but it's, it's out on Prime Video. It's called Underdogs. It's with Snoop Dogg and Mike Epps. And he, Snoop Dogg is supposed He's a professional athlete that was going, you know, going to ride. But the way these kids were talking to him, like, you know, they were talking junk about him. 
and it's, and that was kind of like a big thing. It was like he's washed up. And these and it, from what I've heard about the Cam Newton situation, it was almost like these kids watched this movie and were like, well, this is what they this is what so and so did to in the movie to Snoop Dogg or to, to Mike Epps. And I, I just think, you know, I'm not saying art imitates life, but it does in that in that aspect because from what I've read from, from Atlanta media and, and sports talk media, it's almost the exact same thing to where, like, look, I'm not going to have these kids just talking junk about me and not say something back if the parent, if y'all are not going to step in. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. I'm sure you noticed it. Did you see Cam Newton throw one punch? Not at all. Not at all. Because he knew. He knows he can't. Whether he's being attacked or, whether he's being attacked or not. He knew when that that's how much composure that man has. I mean, think about the Josh Norman. Everybody's recalling the Josh Norman incident today in practice. If you go back and rewatch that and you look at the full control that Cam had of Josh Norman by the face mask, like the guy he's very composed in these moments. And so I'm watching him on on that video, and I'm like, this dude hadn't thrown not one punch. And and he could have hurt one of those dudes, and probably both of them, but he didn't. Right. And, and all he did was hold him off because he had the wherewithal and the composure to do it. And ex- exactly. And his and I look at it. Those parents, instead of getting on Cam Newton for, I guess, saying something to the child, to the child, what it, these were fifteen to eighteen year olds. Why didn't they say something to their children like, "Hey, look, this man is an accomplished athlete." He's done what he's supposed to do. Be quiet and listen to what he has to say. And that was never said. I hear you. Hey, Brian, thank you for the phone call. But um, (laughs) I just, I don't get it. And, I mean, can you imagine that happening at a a Peyton Manning camp? No. No. Well, And and to your point, like to what Shannon said and what the last caller said there, I I was lucky enough to go to uh, West Helms baseball camp in 2005. I didn't know much about Wes Helms, but my dad's like, you like baseball? You know, Wes Helms is a major league player. I didn't know that, you know, Wes Helms wasn't an all-star or anything. I thought it was the coolest thing ever that I was talking to Wes Helms, getting to learn advice from Wes Helms and some of the people that helped get Wes Helms to the majors. Yeah, well, it's, this is also an extension of, of internet sports culture, yeah. ring, rings culture, where, you know, if you aren't Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, for some reason, people feel entitled to talk about you as if you're dog poo, you know, and disrespect the hell out of you. And I, I think that's part of this, too. Is that these kids have getting they get caught up on you know, the YouTube comments and you know the Twitter mentions and reactions and you know, for some reason they feel emboldened to talk to a guy whose brain they should be picking and it's like you're talking to him as if you're his peer you're not because a lot of these kids hear their dad <laughs> talking <laughs> crap true. about these players well, we're on Sports Talk Radio we hear it too yeah and look this is why as well if you've got a young athlete I can't stress this enough if you've got a young athlete. That you know plays football, baseball, basketball. They want to do the travel ball scene. They want to do AAU, seven on seven, whatever. You've got to heavily vet the people that you're letting your kids play for. You just have to, right? And there are so many guys. Remember we had that discussion back in the day about you know Deion Sanders got a little flustered. He got upset with a reporter because he didn't refer to him as coach. Remember that? Yeah, that was uh, when he was at Jackson State. And what did I say? I said, there's no way I'm calling another grown man coach just because he wants me to. There are some guys I call coach. I call a lot of coaches coach because it's a cultural thing, especially if you grew up in the South. But coach is not some some title that you know you get to be called by when you're standing in the bank or on the street. Because as you can see, anybody can call themselves coach. Those dudes, the, the guys jumping Cam Newton, call themselves coach. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports Radio.
the Charlotte Sports Fan.